I'm Keith Tebow. Welcome to our special series, COVID-19 in Fall River, one year later. Thank you for joining us. March 16th, 2020. That was the day Mayor Paul Coogan declared a state of emergency in Fall River to deal with COVID-19. The initial closure of city departments and services was set for two weeks. We now know that the pandemic had other plans. Here's our conversation with Mayor Coogan as he looks back at the city's response to COVID-19 one year later. We're recording this episode on March 16th, which is exactly one year to the day that Mayor Paul Coogan declared a state of emergency here in Fall River due to COVID-19. We're speaking with the mayor today. Mayor Coogan, thank you for joining me. How are you today? I'm doing fine, Keith. How about nice you? Nice to see you in person. We've okay. talked a lot know, over the past year remotely. It's good remotely. to see you. It's Zoom. It's so different. One on one. Live, live, live. Go ahead, Keith. Well, well we let got? me ask you, you know, we've been so engrossed with the here and now, the immediacy, what's happening now with, with the pandemic. Um, I want to start with some recollections of a year ago. You know, one year ago, you had just been inaugurated mayor in January. You were here a little over two months. Um, when did you first hear of COVID-19? And, and was there any thought at all <laughs> no. that it would end up being what it's become? No, it was like probably like everybody else. We kept hearing about a nursing home in Washington that had a, uh, a really strange virus that was starting to percolate. And I, I'm like, I don't think I ever paid mind to it at all. I was like, that's, you know, that's poor Washington, poor state of Washington getting hit with something. I just didn't think about it, but it, it came across the country like a freight train. And then, uh, you know, when we were first hearing about it, even close to us in Massachusetts, you know, you're reluctant to move because you don't want to create a panic. But at the same time, you try to keep everybody safe. So you're always trying to juggle which way to go, you know, and uh, it kind of just overwhelmed us very quickly. And off we went the 16th. Uh, to a complete shutdown. I remember talking to my friends of mine and, and some from the school days, and I think the kids thought they were going home for a snow break or a couple of weeks off, and it just turned into something radically different. Well, that was the one thing I wanted to bring up too, is I, I remember being here on that March 16th, and at the time it was a two week break, right? April, early April, April 6th, we'll I think back. it was. We'll yeah, be we'll back. be back, we'll see what happens. Um, and obviously it didn't, things no. change. No. But you know, it was funny, um, th there's no, there's no guide, there's no playbook to being a mayor in general. And there's no. definitely no playbook for a global pandemic, right? No. I mean, no. how did you even think about this? Well, you talk to other mayors, uh, you follow the guidance that the Department of Public Health's given you. You work very closely with Tess uh, Curran downstairs, our health director. And uh, you start piecemealing together a plan that uh, keeps the city running to the best of its ability and uh, keep people safe and, you know, again, it's funny because you know you, you go to back-to-back -back campaigns like I did from the recall to the regular one, and uh, I can assure you nothing like this ever came up in any debates, questions, or anything. No, I had no idea what was coming. No, and, that uh, wasn't one of our questions. No, in the debates. no, no, no. What would you do for a pandemic? Maybe we'll have to ask that from now on. I know. I know. Let, let Let me ask you how. Talk about those early days. The, the state actually declared around the tenth of March. Um, what started happening then in terms of, you know, meeting with people here in this building right. and organizing what w was to be a shutdown? Well, what happened was you'd meet with like um, Rick Aguiar and Chief Lynch, uh, the police chief. You'd bring people in and you try to start to 
form some plans. How are we going to do this? What are we What are we doing here? What are we going to shut down? What's going forward? Is anybody going to be in the building? Is no one going to be in the building? Um, uh, what about people going to work? Uh, our bus is going to roll. What are we doing with the school kids? Uh, what are they doing during the day when there's nobody to watch them? So all these things have to try to come together. Um, and some of it, I mean, and... I don't know, you don't get it right the first time, you just keep plugging away till you get something that's workable for everybody. I think um, if you remember how the disease went, we went through a really big early surge and then it kind of petered out a little bit in the summer and then we got hit again in the in the fall on November and December and now we're on a downward trend again. So it's, it's cycling, but uh, you have to make plans to deal with it, whether it's PPE, which we were really scrambling for masks, hand sanitizer, trying to make sure our nursing homes were safe. Um, all these things were coming at you from different areas and people would be calling here, I don't have any masks. You know, I remember meeting South Coast hospitals out at my car. I had some, I had a couple hundred masks in the trunk and they were grabbing them then because they were struggling to have masks for all their nurses and uh, nobody knew what was coming and it just kind of overwhelmed us at the beginning a little bit. Was there, um was there a sense of, I mean, how, how was it for you to calm people? I'm sure there was a lot of anxiousness, mm -hmm. not only, you know, by the part of residents, but maybe even people, you know, in this building because of the unknown. How, how I mean, how was it chaotic? Yes. And how was it, you know, getting people to say, okay, let's take this one step at a time? Yeah, it, it was chaotic. Um, but I was fortunate enough to work in Durfee High School, which could be very chaotic also. So if you're used to working with groups of people that all have different ideas of what you should do and how you should get somewhere, you gotta be able to pull them together. And I tried to keep a level head to the best of my ability and uh, work with the existing partners we had. Um, our state legislative delegation, our federal assistance, our local uh, city council and school committee, and we tried to all bounce ideas around and um, move the city forward. I thought, I really, you know, if you remember, I remember doing an interview with the Boston Globe when they were down here saying how great we were doing with numbers. And uh, here we are still in the red, one of the last 14 communities, just by a few, but we're still not where we wanna be. But it was like, th this disease is coming at you and it's gonna run on its own schedule. And uh, you just try to make sure you keep as many people safe. And uh, back in those days, it was also food, getting food into houses and, I remember delivering food myself on a Friday evening up on uh, Warren Street, but those were the things you had to do to make the city come out of this. It was a, it was a real learning experience, even at my age, uh, Keith. It really was. It was something to see, and uh, we got a great team down here in Government Center, and uh, people did what they needed to do to uh, move the city along. And uh, I mean, even like technology, you don't think of that, but all of a sudden we were calling the school department to bum laptops off them so we could have people work from home because we didn't, we weren't, we weren't prepared. We are now, uh, as probably every city in the Commonwealth is, but at the time we didn't have enough laptops, so we're scrambling. You got a laptop, we need a laptop for collector's office. We need a laptop for the auditor's office. And we would scramble up the uh, materials we know to keep the city running. And that's exactly what we did. And it was, like I said, we had a great team here that was working hard for the city of Fall River, and that's, that's the best you can do. And I know, you know, one thing we focused on a lot for most of the year were, unfortunately, the numbers, right? We wanted to know how many cases. I remember interviewing you. It was prior to the 16th. It was probably just the week before. I met you downstairs at the time because there was still some restrictions in, into the building. And 
at that time, we had one case. One case in Fall River. And I remember interviewing you, and you said, oh, Keith, we're up to three. Yeah. And at that point, I went to my car, and I, breaking news, Fall River now has three cases yeah. of COVID. And now we're over 12,000. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, over 300 city residents have lost their lives. Let me just ask you, even though we're not, we, we still get weekly updates with numbers, are those numbers still tough to, to, to visualize in your oh, head? Think of it. Think of it. I mean, you got 12,000 people that were sick from a, a virus that came from God knows where, and uh, 300 people died from this. I think it just, and it's not just Fall River, folks. This is nationwide. I look at the CDC numbers for all the states, and every so often I'll move the little mouse around and click on other states to see how are they doing. And it's uh, it went right across this country, and that's why we have... Uh, federal legislation, you know, guiding us now on some of these uh, funding things that are going to help us down the road. But it's, uh, it was something to see when you, when you're in it every day and, uh, oh, we have 10 cases today. You're like, what's that? We have 12 cases. Now we have 30 cases. I mean, at one point in the fall, I think we were running 200 cases a day. Now we're down again, but there's no way you count your victories in this uh, until you're out the other side of it completely because uh, I, I watched this disease for a full year and it cycles on its own mind and it goes up and down sometimes without the reasons you want to see driving it. As we talk, I do want to talk about, will be one of my last questions about the future. How do you see us maybe a year from now? You had mentioned recently that you're hoping to do something to um, help memorialize those who have passed in some way, some sort of memorial. Right. What are your thoughts on We're that? looking at a couple of things uh, down along um, our boardwalk or on our, our waterfront, you know, like a tree so that every year we can put the amount of bulbs on it and try to let people know that this is a place where we think we can honor the people that uh, lost their lives to this horrible thing. Um, something like that. Those are the things that are, that have more permanence with a plaque on the, on the ground because, uh, I mean, we lost over 300 residents to this disease. And if you remember when we did the count, we were counting how many lives we lost at the same time. And I remember when we lost our first one, I was like, oh, mackerel, someone passed away. And then uh, it just kind of gives it a new twist. And now you're not only counting how many people are sick and how many people are dying, but even, you know, even one is one too many. So we're going to do something nice, but I, I don't want to do it until we know where we end up, because right. like I said, we're still in this. Uh, we're not out of it yet. I want people to know, you know, you have to continue to wear a mask and socially distance and be smart and get the vaccine. We just had a meeting uh, talking about how important the vaccine's gonna to be to getting us out of this. And I think if people follow the instructions for this last little bit, we'll get to the other side. I wanna go back again a year ago. What was, was there sort of a matrix that was developed in terms of which departments in this building would close? Obviously, you know, police and fire, that was obviously a continual. Um, and, and of course, EM, EMT service, EMS. But in terms of how government was going to run, um, especially after those first two weeks when right. you knew this building was going to be closed for much longer. What was that determination like to say, you know, here's what we need to continue? Well, it, it was kind of like we were, we were evaluating, the word's been used 4,000 times, what are the essential services? And who, if they can't come in because they have um, childcare issues or they have someone that they have to take care of, who needs a laptop? Who can we get laptops to that can keep the work going as seamless as possible and who has to be in. And there was a lot of people in, but they didn't have to come in and stay all day. They may come in for a few hours in the morning 
a few hours in the afternoon. But I never really heard we did not get the work done. Some people might have come to the door and wanted to pay a bill in person. You look at what we did in a short period of time. We uh, we contracted with Bay Coast Bank to open up their branches so people could have a window to go to if they wanted to pay cash and if they wanted to get a receipt right away. They were they were a big step up. We looked at all the online things we could do. We'd come in for do for building permits. We didn't want construction to stop. We wanted people to still be able to work. So we took care of those kind of issues. Our clerk, people still needed birth certificates, marriage certificates. So we kept things going to the best of our ability, um, and we got better the longer we went along. So it be, you became more and more familiar with it. I want to talk about a couple of constituencies um, that probably been impacted more than others. Uh, we've all been impacted, no doubt about that. But you know, we talk about schools. Um, you know, even as of today, not all the students are back in the classroom. They will be soon. Um, but, you know, talk about how that has impacted not only students, but the school department, teachers. That seems to be one that really has hit home for a lot of people. Right. I mean, you look at Fall River, I think it's better than 70% of our Kids are almost in a high risk category. And, you know, you say stuff like that, and people, huh, what does that mean about those kids? No, it doesn't mean anything about those kids. It means about their background, where they come from, where they might have scored on a test. Those are, those are good kids. Those are all good kids, but they have a different designation in the state matrix. So, what happens many times to our students is when they come to school in the morning, we give them breakfast, we get them lunch. We may get them after school activities. So we, we, we take them for the whole day and we make sure they're safe to the best of our ability and they're fed and they're getting an education. And all of a sudden, they did not have that to fall back on. I remember driving down, um, I think it was Warren Street or Stafford Road, and I'm looking at a three family and the kids on the third floor looking out at me and I'm saying, what's he doing right now? This is during the day where I know where that kid would be. You know, he'd be at Green or he'd be at Letourneau, he'd be at one of his schools, but he was just looking out the window and I'm like, guy, I'm like that. I want, I want the kids to, to be with a teacher. I want a teacher that loves them. I want a teacher that's going to teach them and I want someone to take care of them. And they need that. They need that a lot. And I, uh, I hope we get out the other side of this and get them back into school because I think it's important. I think teacher safety is equally as important, but we're adults now. And as as we just talked about how much we've learned since last March, you got to know how to keep yourself safe now. You make sure you're around people or you keep a distance and you wear a mask and you wash your hands and you be smart about it. Um, mostly all the cases, even the people regretfully in the uh, school department that got the uh, disease, got it from the outside and brought it in. So it's, it, it's, it's tough, but at the same time, you got to think of those kids, mental health and what goes on. Yeah. And you know, um, and the school department came forward with getting those meals for those students, right? And I remember what hundreds of thousands of meals, right? Right through the summer. That went through yeah. the summer with the yeah. summer program as well. So that was important. The other constituency I want to talk a little bit about are seniors. Um, you know, fortunately, Fall River wasn't hit as bad in the nursing homes. We did have some spikes. I remember talking to you about that. But I think one thing that I think a lot of seniors miss is their camaraderie. Absolutely. And unfortunately, today, the senior center is still not open. Talk about that. Well, it's supposed to open up phase four, I believe. We were talking about that the other day. Um, you look at you look at you look at the two ends of the spectrum in Fall River, the real young people and the real older people. And those are the people that kind of, you know, had to maneuver through this many times in isolation. They did not have 
the supports they needed to make it. I, I still uh, walk up the street to Harry's restaurant and the people at, uh, at the academy, when are we opening the senior center? I say, we're getting there, we're getting there. I mean, if I could open the senior centers, I'd open them yesterday. But as soon as I open them up and someone gets sick, they're going to be, there's the, the mayor that did, didn't follow the instructions and didn't follow the directions. I mean, I, I visited the senior centers all the time. I'm, you know, I'm very, very um, comfortable uh, telling people that they need to be safe until we get out the other side of this. But, uh, you know, we'll be fine. It's just, we just have to get through a last few of these things. And if we can open them up when we hit phase four, I think it's going to be the end of the month or maybe early April. We'll open them up. I'd, I'd love to see people get back together and play cards and have uh, have a gab fest and uh, watch TV and do what they want to do, whatever they're comfortable with. But we want people to have fun. This is not supposed to be misery. It's been for a little while, but we're going to come out the other side of this. Watch. Let me ask you about um, collaborations. Um, let me start with your partners in government. Um, you tell me quite often you speak on a regular basis with the lieutenant governor. And obviously, we have a close relationship the city does with its legislative delegation. Yep. Talk about that partnership since it began a year ago and how that's evolved. Well, when you're, you're, when you're elected mayor, um, you know, I knew all those people um, before I was mayor. I knew all the, um, the local guys, uh, the representatives, Fiola, Schmidt, and Sylvia. I was very comfortable with them, you know, in, in all situations. And Mike Rogers, obviously, has been a friend of mine from probably before he was a rep or a senator. Um, but I did not know all these federal and the state people like the, the Charlie Baker and uh, Karen Polito. But I remember when Charlie Baker was nice enough to come down and Karen Polito and I just kind of hit it off and I can call her up now and I'm put her on the phone right now and I bet you she'll talk to me if she's available. Um, but they want to help Fall River. They know that um, in many cases, it seems like the South Coast is kind of shunted down to the bottom here. But uh, they've been very, very supportive of us. And I know uh, Charlie Baker and Karen have been taking some hit lately for the vaccine rollout. But for us, whether it's opening BCC, whether it's the rapid testing at BCC, whether it's the EMS people getting rapid testing, um, supplies, they've always come through when we call them to the best of their ability. And that's all you can ask. On the federal side, um, I did know a little bit. I didn't know Joe Kennedy for long, but I'm very comfortable with Jake, our new congressman. Bill Keating's been down a number of times. Um, and the senators, uh, the reason I got to know Ed Markey was because a girl from Fall River was his uh, district supervisor in Somerville, uh, Christina Pacheco. So, you know, you find these connections where you can try to use the name of Fall River to get stuff for Fall River and make it a better place to live. And that's what we do. And it's uh, it's been it's been eye opening for me, uh, but hey, that's the job I ran for, and uh, we'll do what we can. What about uh, your city council partners and school committee partners? On the local level, I kind of overlooked them. That's my fault. But on the local level, you know, it's funny because um, I was on the city council for four years. I was on the Diamond School Committee for four years, so I'm very comfortable with the school committee people, um, and I I work closely with them. We don't always dis we don't always agree. I mean, that's politics. You have to disagree, but you have to do it in such a way that people know you're doing it from a point of a position, not personal. And I think for some reason, Fall River, somewhere along the way, went off the rails and found out that politics has to be personal, and it doesn't. You and I can be completely on the opposite sides of abortion, choice, 
a $15 minimum wage, whatever it is, Keith, but we don't have to dislike each other. Um, the city council has been more of a challenge because I didn't know all those guys. Um, I, I never had the pleasure of working with them, but they've been they've been supportive on the big things we need to get through. Um, and that's what I look at, the budget and some of these other things that we have to do for the city of Fall River. And I know going forward that they're, their, their heart is in the same place as mine, what's in the best interest of the city and where we end up. You know, sometimes you start these, uh, I was a runner for a long time, and you start the race and you think, you know, where you're going to finish, and it might not always be that way, believe me. Let me ask you, um, this office always gets more calls in this building than others. Uh, what was that like early on, and how difficult was it to tell people that you really didn't have any answers for them right. without saying that no, directly. Okay. It's funny because you're talking about a one year of a pandemic and um, the, the questions at the beginning, well, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And they wanted to know what we were going to do and mo what was going to happen. And there was a lot of nervous people. And then it transitioned to testing. Where can I get a test? When can I get a test? When are my results coming in? I took a test. I was wrong. The test is faulty. The test is good. I was mistreated at the testing sites. And now it's vaccines. Where's the vaccine? When can I get a vaccine? How am I getting them? Who do I call? And it's constant. It's it's part of it's part of the cycle of uh, being a mayor in the city of Fall River. But that's our job. That's that's the only reason we're here is because of those people. I mean, if they didn't if they didn't call or vote vote for us, we wouldn't be here. So it's it's interesting, but it's funny because you're looking at this thing, and like I said, first masks, PPP. What am I going to do? Da, da, da. Then it's all testing, testing, testing. We're trying to get more testing sites. Now it's vaccinations, and I'm writing letters this morning to Liz Warren about getting vaccines directly from the federal government. It's just, I don't know. I hope. I hope I know what's coming next, but I don't really want to know what it is because it's right around the corner. But it's the segments yeah. of the job. Uh, you know, when you, like I said to a, a reporter earlier today, we were talking. We, we may be on the edge of a windfall. I don't know if you're going to talk about that from the federal government. And it, it could really fundamentally change the finances in Fall River for a little while, the number of projects we can do. Again, how we can make the city safer prettier, better, more efficient, all the things people want from a city. But the trade-off has been, as you said, over 12,000 people sick, 300 plus people passed away. Schools sh shut down, restaurants shut down, businesses shut down. And uh, I would be thinking long and hard if I would have done it like every other traditional mayor, I'd be talking about potholes and trash and economic development all the time through the whole year instead of having this monster thrown onto us called COVID. Would I do it the traditional way or would I do it the way we did it and take the money at the end? And it's a hell of a thought because you think about it, what would you rather do, Keith? Would you rather have it run? The we have a number of boat companies that all want to come to Fall River as a port, um, which would then add some uh, vitality and some uh, activity along the waterfront. Um, I'm hoping we get our restaurants going again. We just had a meeting this morning about outdoor dining and how we're going to proceed with that. You know, what's what's going to be the season? Are we going to charge people for a license? What about alcohol? So there's a number of issues you address on everything you do. Um, Durfee High School, the building, we're still going along on that. Where are we going to end up? Um, 
you know, when's it going to open? These are big projects. They're in the city. Our police contracts, our fire contracts. We have work to do, and we're doing it. I, I want people to know, even though COVID's overwhelming us, I, I did not miss a day at work. I was down here every day, and we're going to keep grinding until we get this work done. And that's what they paid me to do, and that's what I'm going to do. I, I am a type A personality without the drugs and alcohol, and I get my outlet through work, and that's what we're doing here, and we're going to keep going. So March 16th, um, this building in effect was shut down. Mm -hmm. There was a reopening in the summer when things were going well. And then during the second surge, you know, unfortunately we had to close so things down back, again. Yeah. What are you looking at in terms of hopefully reopening this building on more of a full-time basis? Okay. I hate to keep saying this, but we had a reopening meeting this morning and uh, <laughs> we're going to try to get some more, a few more people in here. We're going to extend our hours a little bit. Um, we're going to, put some more uh, six foot spacing blocks in certain departments, which may be getting a little busy, but we want people to have access. I, this is their building. I'm, I'm just a guest. I'm a guest. I'm one of these guys you see on the wall and I'll be off and gone when the time is right. But we want people to know that this is their building and we're trying to get the, the services they need when they come down here, whatever it is. They're, today we're talking about dog tags, making sure the spacing was right for people that came for the dog tags or do we move dog tags to the lobby because that's going to be busy? So we'll do whatever we can to make it easier for people to get the services they need in, in this building. But this is their building and they can come down when they want to. You know, you, you referenced this before and, and in your State of the City address, you mentioned that, you know, you're being known as a COVID mayor. And that is, you know, right now, I guess that's an accurate moniker <laughs> being a year in, right? I can't shake um, it. I, I mean, obviously, time will tell. Yeah. But do you think that's a, that's a fair title that if it carries over? I think I think I would be hard pressed to name a mayor in Massachusetts or probably in New England that isn't a COVID mayor. I mean, if they didn't put their heart and soul into fighting this disease, I mean, then they're not like me because it just as it swept through. I mean, I look at I look at these cities in Connecticut that were getting murdered, and I look at these cities in north of Boston that were getting murdered. Their numbers are climbing. Their numbers are climbing, and we were doing okay for so long, you know. But the second wave you know, really whacked us, but that's, that's what, that's what it is. And again, it's, 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 I guess it's kind of cute. I mean, it's not the end of the world. It can right. be called a lot less or a lot more, whatever you want to look at it as, but uh, I don't look at it that bad. It's just the way it was. We got dealt a certain set of cards that we had to use. Them. Um, the other thing I, I do want to bring up is, um, you know, you talked about the great people that work for the city and have really come through for you and for the people of this city um, over the past year. Um, what about the residents themselves? How, how can you characterize them? Well, I, I think they've been great. They've really come up, they, they, you know, it's funny. I'm not one of these people that stays in this building. I'm out and about all the time. And I know people aren't gonna believe this, but I don't really, no one's ever really said a crossword to me on any one of the streets. You know, never. Facebook, you see it a little bit. You know, you got the people hiding behind a keyboard. They'll pop you. And that's okay. But when you walk around the city, I go to Walmart. I go to uh, Market Basket. I might go to um, Burlington. I'll go anywhere. No one, everybody's very kind and nice. And they always say, you're doing a good job. What about this? What about the litter? But those are normal conversations for a mayor. So I don't take any of that bad. I just look at, okay, we can do better. But but people have really been great. And they've done on their own without Paul Coogan, without Keith, they've done a great job on their own. They've done, they've tackled so many things to bring us out of this, uh, this nightmare. Um, 
that they've they've stepped up themselves. I mean, you go by the food pantry, whether it's St. Anne's or the YMCA, and there's people lined up. There's volunteers on top of volunteers trying to help. So I, I think the people have been great. I've got to ask you the one political question. This hasn't scared you off about thinking about not running this year. No, I told everybody when I started this journey, I'd probably run two terms. So that would be what I would be. And if the people want me to stay, they'll let me know at the polls. Uh, we'll... We'll campaign as hard as we can, as we always do. We'll ask for people's votes, but it's not my decision. I have one vote just like everyone else. And finally, let me uh, have you pull out your crystal ball. How do you think Fall River will look one year from now? And, <laughs> well, I, it's going to look great if we get through this COVID. If not, it's going to look, I mean, if it, we get out of COVID, I see tremendous, tremendous uptick in everything. Um, I see kids in school. I see kids in the New Durfee. I see some of our apartment buildings done. We're just talking about another one that's going to be built right around the corner over here today. I see growth. I see opportunity. I want to see a cleaner city. we got to tackle this litter. We've already been, uh, Elena and I have been working on some cleanups and things. So we have work to do. But I think you're going to see a really, really city on the cusp of a big turnaround. Well, Mayor, I want to thank you personally. I know we've been talking on a weekly basis, remotely. It's good to see you in person. Yeah. And please, I appreciate helping us out being a conduit to share the information to the city. Yeah. Thank I, you for joining us for this. For this I just hope event. people take away from this that we're going to work hard to do what's right for the city, and that's the way it's going to be done. Right. Thank and you. thank you. Thank, thank you so much. Thanks again to Mayor Paul Coogan for joining us. You can catch all episodes of this series on our website, frmedia.org one year later. I'm Keith Tebow. Please stay safe. Thanks for joining us.